You have the American dream. You own your own business. But owning a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Hello, Visionaries. I'm Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we're recording this here at Dagny's Cafe here at downtown Bakersfield. But before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach a significant milestone. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why 1,750 plus small business owners connect with Small Business Celebration on a weekly basis. When you consider Kern County has just over 10,000 small businesses, 1,750 plus weekly connections is a big deal. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioner guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioner Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalize our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Our guest today is Eric Mertz. He is the owner of Eric A. Mertz Consulting and the co-owner of Delighted Coaching. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Michael. And tell us briefly what it is that your coaching business does. Well, in essence, we take people's vision and help them realize their vision to, you know, take it from just their conception of where they want to be and based on where they're at, help them figure out what's in the way, what's in, on the way to that vision, mm-hmm. and help them get there. We don't actually do it for them, but mm-hmm. we help them get there. Briefly, what is the process of doing that? Well, the first thing really is the vision. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if a person doesn't have an idea where they're going or where they want to be, mm-hmm. then they could be putting a lot of effort into going absolutely nowhere. Imagine if you said, oh, I'm going to go on a vacation and I'm going to leave the house, but I don't know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm staying tonight. I don't know where I'm going to go next week. Right. You know, it might not be that enjoyable ride for those kids in the back seat. <laughs> Are we there yet? You don't even know where you're going, right? Right, right. So... A lot of times, that's where we start. Mm -hmm. And that's usually where the passion comes out because the business owner or the individual we're working with usually understands what they really want. Mm. And a lot of times, they just don't take time to really articulate it and bring it out. And that's the first step. And the second step then is asking them to tell us, you know, what do they think's in their way? What do they need to do to get there? Mm -hmm. Who do they need to add to their team? Mm -hmm. What resources do they need to bring in? And, and, and so we start bringing those things into play after we have a clear vision. Now, that vision could take a little time to really get it down. Mm-hmm. So that's not just like a 30-minute conversation usually. It's a little longer than that. Many of our listeners are business owners who this is year 3, 5, 8, 11, 12, 15, and they're finding themselves in a rut or they're finding that their business isn't doing as well as they would like to. How, what you have just described is very commonplace for the new startup business. How does that relate to somebody who's been in business for some time and is stuck in a rut or their business isn't performing as well as they would like it to? Well, that's a good question. And I've been there myself in my own business. Um, when, you, when you get 
passionate about your business, you start building your business, and maybe you take it to a certain level. You're adding people. You're growing the business. You're working in the business. Sometimes you lose sight of why did you start in the first place. Mm. And so a lot of times that's the question we start with is, you know, why did you want to do this? Mm. What's the real purpose in this? You know, you could be, uh, you name any industry or any trade, um, you could you could just go do it. And But what is it you're trying to fulfill? Is it about your family's legacy or is it about the community involvement? What beyond just doing that thing do you want to provide? Or is it the excitement you get out of the customers mm. that you help with the, solving their problems? So we got we to gotta get to the heart of why that person went into business to, in the first place. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times that's where they need to go back to start to get out of that rut, to mm-hmm. get out of that quagmire. They've got to see that vision again clearly. They've lost sight of it because of all the things in their way. Most of us, as we go through life, you know, we change. Our personal needs change and who we are changes. And, and sometimes our business doesn't. And what do you do f- from a coaching standpoint to help that business owner who has changed significantly since 10 years, 15 years ago when they started their business to who they are now? How do you change their vision and, or help them find their new vision in their business? How do you go about doing that? Yeah, and you, you brought up a really important point is, I don't try to change anybody's vision. I, <laughs> I want to draw it out of them first. Mm-hmm. And I want them, because I'm not going to live their vision. Mm. I'm not, it's not my vision, it's their vision. But, but back to your question, um, a lot of times I'll find that business owners started with a certain vision and a passion. And maybe they even fulfilled it at some point. They didn't reset a new one. Uh. They didn't say, well, okay, I've already done this. Now, what do I want to do next? Mm -hmm. It might involve a completely different organization. Mm -hmm. It might involve a completely different uh, path forward. And maybe they they want to leave this behind with somebody else to to run it for them Mm -hmm. and now start another venture. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But we we have to ask the questions that bring that out. I, I can remember one time I was working with a client and he, um, he was lost in, uh, what was going on in this business. He had two businesses. One was very successful. The other one was just okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wanted me to help me with help. He wanted help with the one that was just okay. Mm. And so we started meeting and I, you know, right away started asking him questions like, you know, what do you love about this business? Mm. Why are you in this business? Mm-hmm. Couldn't answer it <laughs> over and over three, four, the fourth meeting I come and, he goes, don't even ask me again, Eric. Don't even ask me. I said, what? Don't ask me what I love about this business because I don't love anything about this business. Mm. Because, you know, my, my dad wanted to start this business. Now he doesn't want to do the business. So I just helped him start it. And we don't really want to do this business. So we're going to sell it to our employee. <laughs> and so thank you. Thank you very much, Eric, for uh, staying on task with that question. I'm going to go back to school and get my degree. My other business is doing wonderful. So I'm, I'm free to go do that. I just need to sell this to my employee, set him up, and I'm on my way. You know, here's the rest of your fee. Thank you very much for your service. What is the process of a coach like yourself? How do, you, how do business owners find you, and how do they start asking the right questions and so they can find the right coach? Well, we're not in the yellow pages. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I, I don't think very many people, maybe it's changing a little bit since I started 14 years ago, uh-huh. um, but I don't think people generally wake up in the morning unless they've had the experience of working with a business coach say, oh, I need, I need to find me a business coach today and go, go look online. Now, I did have somebody find me uh, online because they wanted to become a coach, and they found me, and we actually hooked up, and, and they've become a coach. So we do have those stories now and then, but that was a whole different thing. But as far as business owners finding us, I mean, we're, we're generally out in the public and, and working with people. But referrals is the number one way that we're found mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, we do, we do call on people and try to get meetings. But like I said, most of the time they're not, you know, you call and it's like you're not selling something tangible. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for them to look at it and go, well, what would you do with me, right? How would you help me? What could you possibly know about my business? Well, the fact is, if we're a coach mm-hmm. and not a consultant, and there's a difference. Right. Sometimes I do consult or sometimes I do teach. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in the coaching mode, I don't really have to know anything about their business. You know, remember, uh, this is going to show my age, but remember Columbo? Sure. He sure. would always have that one more question that would hang him up, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's my job is to find the next question. Mm. It's not so much... The only reason I need to understand what their answers are is so I can ask the next question because it's really about their clarity, not my clarity. Mm. And so in co- pure coaching, uh, that, that's what I do is just ask a lot of questions. So, you know, people aren't thinking, well, I'm going to go out and find somebody who's going to ask me 100 questions and get to the truth of my business. But that's really, in essence, what we do. So when we meet with people, that's how we engage them. Mm. Most people... Maybe not on the air, but otherwise love to talk about themselves or talk about what's going on in their lives. And if you ask them, if, you, if you're in an airport or anywhere and you ask them, hey, what do you do? Where are you from? You know, you might get a lot more than you bargained for. Right. You right. Know, I was just on a, a, a trip last week and um, hairdresser on one side and, and a wall on the other side. And so it was a really interesting conversation because hairdressers, you know, they're used to talking to everybody. But <laughs> So I helped her out, and then she helped me out. <laughs> but it was about listening, right? Right, sure. So, um, so we look for ways to demonstrate those skills. We do workshops and, and trainings, and, and we get involved in different things in the community, you know, just, just to get a conversation. But typically, it's... The engagement's going to happen based on that first impression, gain that favorable attention after mm-hmm. the introduction. Then can we have a meeting to discover what's going on? And if you have the favorable attention, you'll likely get a meeting and you'll, you'll, just, you know, you'll both decide, is this a good fit or not at that point? Imagine having fun learning comprehensive firearms training indoors on Kern County's largest interactive firearms virtual simulator. Triple Threat Solutions offers affordable, comprehensive firearms training that is the same caliber for you and your employees as they train law enforcement officers. Call Roosevelt Scott with Triple Threat Solutions today at 661-374-1180 and sign up for a private session in his state-of-the-art laser virtual shooting range for only $45. 
for one hour. You and three of your employees can use this state-of-the-art indoor air-conditioned laser virtual shooting range for only $45. Call Triple Threat Solutions today at 661-374-1180 or go to triplethreatsolutions.net. That's Triple Threat Solutions at 661-374-1180 or go to triplethreatsolutions.net. We're here with Eric Merce and Eric Merce Consulting and the co-owner of Delighted Coaching. And your experience as a coach and sometimes consultant comes from the fact that you owned a business prior to becoming a coach full-time. Tell us a little bit about your business background and business experience. Well, I grew up on a farm and then uh, the family had a farm, um, small farm out in Wasco. I uh, came back from college prematurely. From graduating, I had to get back to the farm. So I'm a, I'm a high D on the disc scale. Mm. Like I want to move now or yesterday. Um, I like change. I like to move fast. So I wasn't patient enough, or, or I didn't persevere in the school at the time because I wasn't motivated. I didn't really have a clear picture of why I was going to school, mm-hmm. how it was going to benefit me. Of course, I see it differently now. <laughs> and I did go back and get my degree some years later. And it did mean a lot when I did it. Good. And But anyway, back to uh, Wasco, growing up on the farm, you know, did the normal kid things working on the farm. But then when I, I got into the business, I started my own uh, spray business with my dad as a partner. And spray business, what's that? Well, we, we provide pest control in crops. Mm. Okay. Uh, whether it's weed control or insect control, fungus control. Um we don't recommend what's done. We just go out and execute it and do it. We have the equipment and the people. We're still in that business today, mm-hmm. as well as harvesting business, harvesting almonds mm. specifically. Okay. And we're about ready to start that here in the in next month. So, so get your allergy medicines ready. <laughs> <laughs> you can blame me, but I'm only a part of the problem. <laughs> As you've developed your business and you've grown your business, there's been a lot of people that have come to you seeking your advice. And what would you consider to be one of your biggest strengths or your superpower, as it were, in helping business owners with their businesses? Well, I, I think it's, the, it's the, uh, the combination of having the business experience, having, having had to make payroll, having had to pay back loans, having to try to grow even though you didn't know how you were going to make it make it happen i mean we would go out and borrow a lot of money buy equipment so we could get more work and we wouldn't know we wouldn't have a contract that said we were going to have the work Mm. but we just had confidence that we were going to get the work and do the job which we did and uh and then to bring the people in that you need to do that so i know what that's like as a as a small business owner mm-hmm. all the angst involved i have have a team that helped me but you know you have that on your shoulders as the business owner always it doesn't leave so my empathy for that is is really high for, mm. for people that are trying to do that and then you couple that with with the coaching tools that that i've been blessed with being trained and i think i have some innate abilities to look for the right questions to ask to help them uncover their superpower because that's really that's the superpowers when you uncover the client's superpower as a small business owner you are a visioneer a pioneer with vision 
but sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. You know where you want to go, you know what you want to do and have, but you need a confidential second set of eyes to help you get there. Small Business Celebration can be those eyes. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session. See the forest through the trees, realize your vision. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're here with Eric Mertz, Eric Mertz Consulting, and the owner, co-owner excuse me, of Delighted Coaching. And he has written a book called The 45-Minute Business Breakthroughs. One of the first things that it seems innate to a lot of us, but it's the whole concept of following up with prospects. And I wanted to ask you, where did this idea come from? Because, yes, we all know that you know, we, to go out and prospect, yes, go out and get referrals, and, and yet it seems second nature to follow up with them. And yet this is a significant point in your book. Why is that? Well, I think, you know, talk about the barrier first, why people don't do it mm-hmm. as much as they should. I believe it's a basic flaw of the non-salesperson. Uh, so I don't. Th- I think ninety percent of the people on the earth aren't really born to be salespeople. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So their their thinking is, well, I made a contact. They know what I do. Why aren't they calling me back? <laughs> Why do I have to chase them down? Right. I don't want to be told no. Uh-huh. I mean, all these things come into the brain, right? And I think that's part of the. Those are part of the obstacles that stop people from having a good follow-through process. How does the business owner overcome those obstacles? One way would be having an accountability coach. One that's going to sit there and every week and say, you know, based on what they told the coach they were going to do, did they do what they said? Because here's another thing about human nature. People, I found, most commonly in, in high percentage, probably in the 90 percentage mm-hmm. or more. Do not, people do not want to let other people down. Right. And because of that, even if they don't hit 100% of the goal for the week, they'll probably do more than they would have if they didn't have somebody to be accountable to. It's so much easier in life to just go through life and not tell anybody your vision, your goals, what you want to accomplish because then you don't have to report <laughs> that you failed to do what you said you would do. So then it goes down to commitment, right? Mm-hmm. So, and everything to do with execution is, to me, is you make a commitment. Mm. If somebody says, I- I'm going to have a party next week. Oh, I'll try to come. They're not coming. Right. 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 But if they say, oh, I'm going to make it. What time is it going to be? Do you need me to bring anything? Right. There's a little more commitment, right? Now, if I said I was going to bring something, I'm probably going to show up. If at least I'm going to send what I promised. <laughs> right, right. Right. Not everybody holds to those standards, but mm-hmm. I find that a lot of people do. And that's what a coach can help you do. Uh, now, it doesn't have to be a coach. It could be somebody in your organization, your family. I'm sure family members hold you accountable to what they want you to do, right? <laughs> but now I'm talking about what you want to do. If you want to have a follow-up follow program, then you better have a system where you're holding yourself accountable. And this sounds like a lesson that you learned the hard way. <laughs> of course. Tell, give, give us an example. Well, I had a, a client one time that this was some years ago. 
I had contacted when I first started this. Mm-hmm. You know, I was out there just knocking on doors and talking to people, going to networking events. And one person, I'll show you a positive. This is a negative story. I'll, then I'll tell you a positive story. The negative story is I, I met this person. They said, yeah, give me a call. Give me, uh, you know, we can go have lunch or we can go do something. Well, for some reason, I lost it. Mm. Like I did, I lost track of it. I didn't follow up. Didn't follow through. I re- I didn't follow through. And and two years later, I ran into him at another event, and they pointed it out to me. <laughs> right. Um, and I go, well, do you believe in second chances? <laughs> so, we did have another meeting. It turned out that I did do a little bit with him, but it wasn't a bit wasn't a big uh, big deal. But it was a big deal in terms of, hey, when you say you're going to do something, you need to do it, right? Right. So I've learned to I've learned to use tools. I use my phone. Put, you know, okay, I'm going to put, I'm going to call that guy Monday, and we're going to set up a time. I need to put an appointment for myself. Mm-hmm. So make appointments with yourself. Keep commitments with yourself. It's so easy to dismiss in the phone, right? Right. You, you can't do it if you if you wouldn't dismiss somebody else. Don't dismiss yourself. Because you can't help anybody if you don't help yourself, right? right. So, the the uh, the positive story was I had somebody who similar story. I met them. They said call me. I called them. They were too busy. I call. I said, well, when should I call back? They said, ah, oh, call call a couple weeks. I, I put it on my calendar. I called them. I called them, and finally they met with me. And then they said, yeah, I want to do business with you. And then I asked them. I said, well. Can, can I ask you a question? And then he said, sure. Uh, what's the reason you decided to go ahead with this? He goes, well, if anybody could be persistent like you to keep continuing to call after <laughs> me putting you off, I figured you might be worth your salt. So There you go. There you go. I, and personally, I can attest to that. I, I've had that. I don't know how much business I've gotten just because I'm the one who kept showing up. I wanted to also ask you about the the idea of the joint venture partnership that you talk about in your book, and and give us a, a brief overview of what a joint venture partnership is. Well, I'm going to give you the coach answer. It depends what kind of a business we're talking about, uh-huh. um, the way it's structured. It could be structured formally with some kind of an agreement where you're giving referral fees and commission fees back and forth, uh-huh. or not. Uh-huh. So. It really depends. A lot of people just want to say, well, I'll just refer you people. But this a joint venture is more of two, two companies or two organizations or individuals who have common clients mm-hmm. or could have common clients. Mm-hmm. And so, but they need what you have and I have what they need also in a different way. So, and there might be a chain of, of reaction. A good example would be a florist. Mm. So... We're talking about somebody's going to have a wedding, mm-hmm. right? The first person that's going to know is probably the jeweler, right? Right, And then we go through the jeweler, and uh, then we're going to have maybe a wedding planner, uh, the venue, mm-hmm. maybe, the, maybe the church. Um, then we might have the florist, and we might have the caterers. They might be kind of in the middle, you know. And so if you think of it as a chain of events... We're going to do certain things in a certain order to get that wedding ready to go, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're in that chain of people as joint venture, we all help each other. If I hear about something, I'm going to refer to you. Say, did you know they're having a wedding? It's like they're going to call. Mm. So you can can make – and then the other thing, you can be the hero to the client. 
Mm. Hey, I can take care of that. I can take care of that. And so maybe it's even under your wing, you have an agreement. A landscaper will do that, right? They're going to put in a new yard. But they don't build pools, mm. but they're going to sell the pool, right? So they have a pool company that works with them. The contract's still with the, the landscape contractor, but they're bringing the pool company in. You talked a lot about strategy, and that is your strength, and that is your background. And yet in your book, you talk about a drip campaign, which is straight-up marketing and sales. And give, explain to our listeners what a drip campaign is. Well, a drip, a drip campaign could be any. It could be any of a number of different modes of dripping, right? Mm-hmm. It could be my phone calls. Well, what's what's the point of a drip campaign? First of it, all, it, it's it's to keep them in the funnel. Keep them to the keep customers. Them, keep these potential clients, or even your clients, mm-hmm. because a lot of times we do something with somebody, and then we lose contact with them. Well, it's a way to stay in contact, mm-hmm. so they stay in tune with you're still on the planet, you're still offering services, you're still offering solutions. Mm-hmm. And maybe in, in those drip drips that you're giving them, whether it's an email or it's a blog, you're giving them information about services they didn't even realize you did because they only use you for X. They didn't know you did Y and Z. And one of the other things that you also talk about, and I pulled this out of page 38 on your book because I thought this was absolutely, this is stellar, because you said, innovate your business so you offer more value than your competition. So what in your mind created and, and solidified this concept? Look, what you hear in marketing so much today are platitudes. Mm. You know, honest, uh, we've been in business for 35 years. These are all platitudes, mm. you know, and you need to have something you can say that's different, that's going to get their attention that maybe your competitors can't do, mm-hmm. at least currently. Mm. They probably will copy you if it's successful, right? It's a sincerest form of flattery. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, so to innovate means to come up with different ways to offer value to your clients to create a market dominating position if you can at least a unique selling proposition mm. then there's a difference market dominating position that means nobody else can do it currently mm. mm-hmm. so you might have a software package or you might have uh look at amazon's delivery right so that i would say that's a market dominating position right sure and if you're somebody who is the florist as we were using as an earlier example what would be something that that would give them a dominating position well, I think there's there's a number of things that you could do. Uh, I would have to look at each, you know, their particular situation and what they might have to offer. Well, what have you seen that has worked well for a lot of small business owners? What is a process that they can go through so they can find what they're better at than anybody else and get that market domination? Mine, what their customers are saying about what they delivered hmm. because they might already have it and they haven't told everybody about it. Right? Uh. So... Make sure you're following up with your customers to get feedback on how the service or the product serve their needs and solve their problem. And then loop that back into your marketing. You should do it anyway for the testimonials, right? Right. But if you can find nuggets there that you could even build on, like they might say, well, it was really nice how you added that little feature and you didn't even think about adding the feature. Well, now you make it a standard and you train your people to deliver it all the time. And if nobody else is doing it, mm-hmm. it could be unique. The other thing is to go ask your customers what they're not getting that they would like in oh. what you offer. So Very. let them tell you, and then you decide if it's something you can deliver or not. 
for little or, or no money more. Maybe, and ideally, not adding any dollars. But if you can increase your sales significantly, maybe you don't have to add dollars to the ticket price. It's one of the things that we often refer to on this podcast of giving value first. You yeah. give value ahead of time and you give value up front so that you have positive market share or a positive response on, to your customers ahead of the time. Right. And what is something that you have done or that you have seen that has worked well? Just simple things that a business owner can do, for example, that they could do today that could help them with finding out that information. You, you mentioned talking about asking their customers, but what are some of the things they should be listening for in addition to what the, their customers aren't getting? Well, one, one thing that, that I truly believe in is cross-pollination. That's a farming term. <laughs> but what it means is we're pollinating from, from other uh, varieties or species to come up with something different. And so if you can go and listen and pay attention to other industries, they don't have to necessarily be related to you. You will come up with ideas because they are doing it in their industry and ask the question, is this something we could apply in ours? And how do you, how does a small business owner do that? If they're very, for example, if we go back to the florist example, how, what, how do they go and listen to other industries or find out this information? Well, there's a lot of information online, but just, just look at what you buy yourself. Mm. and ask the question when you're buying it. So what's unique about this? What's special about this compared to the competitors? Why am I buying this over the other? Sometimes it's just price, and there might not be an answer there. But if you just you just keep kicking those uh, questions down the road, you'll eventually you'll come up with something that's different. You'll go, hmm, I wonder if we could apply that to our business. There's a great quote out there by Jeffrey Gittimer that says, you want to give value over price. And mm-hmm. this sounds like a, a philosophy that you attain to wholeheartedly. Explain to our listeners why you should give value over price. Well, let me, let me go back to my past. I used to grow cotton, oh. and cotton is a commodity. Right. And cotton commodity prices don't care what your costs are. Right. And so the market could be... You know, because I'm sitting here in a little San Joaquin Valley and there's cotton grown all over the world. I could have a terrible crop. Right. And I need $2 a pound for my cotton to break even. But the rest of the world has enough cotton. And so it's 60 cents a pound. It doesn't matter. So you don't want to be stuck in the commodity uh, situation with your product or service. You want to have something that's unique or added value that people go, well, I can get another one of those down the street, but I can't get that one. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you make something special about it, it could be the way your people deliver it, hmm. the way you make people feel. Hmm. Why do people, you know, come into these coffee shops partly because the way they feel they could get coffee a lot cheaper somewhere else. Right. But they want to come in here for the experience. Hmm. So that's, that's different, right? Mm-hmm. One of the examples I like to use is the double tree. Mm-hmm. Every time you walk into a oh double my. tree, you walk in, and the, one of the first things they do is give you a warm cookie. cookie. Now, I don't know how many millions and millions and millions of cookies they have given away, but you want to talk about an, an added value or giving value first proposition or value over price because there, you could very well go stay at another hotel that's a lot less expensive than the, than the double treat. Right. But it's because of the warm cookie that gives you value. 
overpriced. Yeah, and and you make me think of another good point is if the double tree stopped with the with a good warm cookie and didn't have anything else behind it, like they didn't do a good job with the rooms and they didn't do a good job with service, the cookie would only go so far. Right. Right. True. So these are kind of like added value. Mm. You already have to have the basics covered. You can't you can't put lipstick on a pig, right? You have to <laughs> you have to make sure that that you're solid, your business is solid internally to to represent it externally. But everybody knows them as the people that give you the cookie when you come in. That's an attractor, right? That's an interrupter. That's like, uh, that's different. Right. For our listeners, for Visioneer Nation, what is one thing that you would like to impart with them today that they could use today to grow a strong and profitable business? That's a tough question. One thing, right? It kind of kind of depends where they're at, but I think I think one thing is just be true be true to your vision, whatever that is. Even if it's changed from where it was ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, in other words, vision vision does change as we're walking through life. It can change, <clears throat> but make sure you know what that vision is today, so you're making plans to go towards that instead of following the old vision that you don't even care about anymore. Mm. Because that, that leads to burnout. That leads to uh, strife, struggle, pain, not just for you, for your family, for your employees, for your vendors, for your customers, and really have nothing left in your tank to give the community. If you're a business owner that's struggling with finding that vision for yourself, how do you go about finding your vision again? You, you go through a series of questions. First of all, I would probably say, where am I? Hmm. You know, I want to really, okay, I'm really here. We're in, in my business at this point. Where do I want to be three, five years from now? And then I have, to, I have to clearly articulate and visualize not just where my business is going to be in terms of dollars, but what am I going to be doing? Hmm. Who am I going to be doing it with? What's going to be around there? How am I going to feel at that point? Hmm. So... Draw back to that because you got to get to that emotional state of that's where I want to be. If you don't get to the emotional state, you haven't found it yet. If there's not a reason for you to get up in the morning to go run to your business, yeah. you haven't found your vision. Yeah, and, and it goes to personal vision too. I mean, so for non-business owners, they, they have a vision too of their life. Mm-hmm. And so they have to do the same process. They have to look at their vision, where they're going every day. Is this in line with where I'm going? Sometimes they have to leave organizations. And I think business owners, this is a hard fact. Mm-hmm. You hire somebody, you think we're going to be with you for life. It's just not statistically true at all, Right. number one. But number two, you shouldn't expect it. If people are growing, I always looked at it like when I used to grow crops, but I used to also grow people, right? If I grow up some people that started to work with me at a bottom level and they work themselves up to a place where they could go make double money somewhere else and it was better for their family i was i'm elated for that that's that's to me that's a great purpose like if that's all i did in that business was employ these people and improve their lives from this step to that step i'm fulfilled in that before we wrap it up here, I wanted to also touch on Delighted Coaching, which is a new venture that you're going into because you've been a consultant and coach for small business owners for quite some time. 
And tell us a little bit about Delighted Coaching and what, what's this new direction for you? Well, it's, it's more of a, uh, instead of a one-man shop, mm-hmm. uh, we're building an organization of coaches. Mm. These coaches will be involved not only just in business coaching and personal and professional development coaching, but also in ministry coaching, um, working with people on life balance, as well as in the schools with students. Um, so it's it's a really grand vision, and and our vision is you know to build it here in Bakersfield, and then we're going to go out from there. Um, our core values are trust and commitment and delight. Mm. And those those three things drive us to perform the way we're going to perform, and we want to attract people that want to be part of that that vision. If we can you know build commitment, build trust. And we can delight in our work and delight in the people that we work with, mm-hmm. you know, as the Lord delights in us, then that's what we're all about. If Visioneer Nation wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Well, you can, you can call me directly right now at 661-343-2373, or you can email me at eric, E-R-I-C, at delightedcoaching.com. Eric, this has been a delight. Thank you very much for being on the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we appreciate you being on. Thank you. It was my delight, too. Thank you. I've been asked, who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Become a visioneer by joining the tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.